This Icon Podcast is hosted and sponsored by Sphere Rocket Virtual Assistants, a leading provider for your virtual assistants and outsourcing needs. Owned by one of the top-ranking EXP agents, Justin Nelson. Sphere Rocket VA provides a one-stop virtual staffing solution for business owners, and we specialize in helping business owners grow their business by leveraging through virtual assistants. Trusted by the top names in the real estate industry like Kyle Whistle, Andrew Franklin, John Kitchens, and many more. Get ready to up your success and we'll help you achieve your business goals. Book your free consultation at SpearRocketVA.com and find out how we can make your life easier. What's up? Welcome to another episode of the Icon Podcast. I'm your host, Gianna, and today we welcome Louise to the show. We're going to get to know all about her, and thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. You betcha. And I guess the best place to start is going to be at the beginning, right? So who are you? Where are you from? And how did you find yourself a real estate agent? Um, I think it's pretty easy to assume it's probably because of my parents. My dad is a real estate developer and a custom home builder and my mom is a real estate attorney. So that wasn't like always the plan, you know, but I did have a lot of weird real estate table talk as a kid. And then I went into college and thought I'd be a doctor. And then I was like, no, I'll be a social worker or like a psychologist. And then went into corporate sales <laughs> and I was doing corporate sales for years, like mm-hmm. IT, marketing, all kinds of stuff. And kind of like honed in on that being something that I was probably always meant to do, not necessarily in that way. And then roundabout made my way into real estate. Cause I just had all of this passive knowledge tinkering around. Yeah. Okay. So you have like a good little basis and kind of understood the lingo already. And you're like, you know, like I'm just going to take this route which is great. Um, but did you start at EXP or what brokerage did you start at and how did you come across EXP? Um, I started at, so I have two licenses. My primary mm-hmm. license where I was born and raised is Austin and um, Austin, Texas. And I got my license in Austin and joined a boutique brokerage by a guy that I went to high school with, he owned it and co-owned it with a guy out of Dallas. And they were really awesome, worked for them for a few years. And then my husband's in the military in Northern California. And so we live in two places. I do business in two states. And so I had got a secondary license in California <clears throat> and ended up joining Better Homes and Gardens out here just because I met a gal that I really liked out here. I'm currently sitting in California. I go back and forth. Um, realized I had two caps and that was really stupid. <laughs> and so I had a friend that brought up that she was moving over to EXP And then I found out that I would have like an overarching national cap. And I was like, I mean, this is the biggest no brainer on planet earth. Absolutely. No, that's awesome. And that is a really cool thing. Um, I've not gotten to meet anybody yet. So you're the first uh, that gets to practice in two states and it's a possibility. And, you know, that's always a strong point that the icons make, you know, when you want to come over to EXP, it's one of the options. So it's cool to see somebody actually practicing that. Um, Louise, what makes you say, you know, I'm never leaving EXP. We've got like rev share, stock options, collaboration, but what makes, you know, what sets your boots in the cement? What makes you want to stay? Um, I can't say that there's like anything that is like as simply put as the fact that I get a national cap. I mean, that really does cement it for me. I know that there are a lot of companies that are national brands, right? Like you have Compass, KW, things like that, but 
the primary is that there is a national cap. And the secondary is if you look at all the companies that have the national caps, the way that their systems are structured, I just don't really like. I'm not, I don't have the personality type. Like I used to be in corporate America and I don't really desire to do that anymore. And EXP doesn't have a weekly fill out for like what your goals are, you know, that's required of you. It doesn't have like a team meeting that you absolutely have to attend. Obviously there are like recordings of things that maybe are pertinent to you being able to do your job, like legal changes that you should later attend, but there's no forced hard requirements and expectations almost that are forced upon me at either level. If that makes sense. No, absolutely. That's, um, you know, the nice thing about not only the industry, but this brokerage alone is the freedom and the flexibility and the scalability to make it what you want. Yeah. Cloud brokerage. I mean, you can mm-hmm. do, you're in the cloud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, Louise, as busy as you are and as many states as you're in and you're a mama and a wife and so much more. So how do you take care of yourself, right? How do you make sure that you're not on full-blown burnout mode all the time? Um, Didn't until recently. Um, I would say I was on like the path for burnout, definitely. I hired a personal assistant who took a lot of things off my plate, like cooking and laundry and stuff like that. Because I'm working parents with two very young children. I have a one and a Mm two-year-old and he's in the military. He's gone 50 to 60% of the year. So, Mm -hmm. So it's just... A necessity. I also hired a VA who takes a lot of things off my plate. And then I'm onboarding team members in both states to be able to passively, you know, I need to be able to off offload some business onto people. Of course. And Other- rising tide uh, raises all boats. So that doesn't hurt you, right? It doesn't take yeah. lunch off of your plate. It just, um, it helps. Yeah, but I definitely was not taking care of myself a couple of years ago. I think in order for people to produce X amount of business, it's kind of like a snowball effect. You know, you start out doing this much and then if you do a good enough job, they refer you to whatever your sphere of influence grows and you become more and more competent and a better and better weapon. And then you get more and more business as a result of that. And it is very easy to all of a sudden look up and be like, I haven't done anything, especially if you're a parent. I think I haven't done anything for myself in this many months. Wow. Yeah, no, you're right. And, uh, you know, they say it takes like two to three years to officially recover from burnout mode, Um, you know, just to salvage yourself and to get away from like, it it is a traumatic experience for your body. And so to heal from that, it does take a while. It's kind of crazy to think about. So, you know, to avoid that or to pull yourself out of it as soon as possible so that you can um, work towards that healing process. That's important. And like you said, you're leveraging the people around you. You hired a personal assistant, you hired a VA, things that were taking time away from uh, stuff that you do a little more efficiently. That's fine. You have to spend money to make money. And it's just facts. Sorry. But I think a lot of people probably have to get to maybe like almost teetering on burnout to be able to have the money to throw towards some things sometimes. Right. Right. Absolutely. Or like, um, you know, obviously, if you're a new real estate agent and you're selling three houses a year, we're not going to advise you to hire somebody for forty eight to $60,000 a year. But, um, you know, that beyond the fact, you know, if you're capable of doing so, ask for the help and reach out and lean to those around you because it's okay to do so. And it's okay to say no. And, um, you know, it pays off. It really does. For sure. Awesome. So, you know, let's talk about the icon award, but how you see it through your eyes. And this is kind of a three part question. So I guess the first one's going to be, um, pretty unique actually, because I like to get a sense of the market, but 
um, you are in two different markets. So to icon, do you have to icon separately from Texas and California or like how many houses do you have to sell between both states to hit icon? So it's actually an overarching one, just like the cap. So I just iconed in general. So I cap Mm -hmm. out in general and then I just keep going until I hit that icon amount. Um, And they're taking each one as I close in each state. Okay. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And that's good information to know because like just genuinely, I didn't even think of that question until it was on the tip of my tongue. So I'm glad I asked it. That's really cool. Um, And more market more markets to play with. So that's awesome. I'm sure there's a human being out there who has two licenses that could do it. But like me personally, 90% of my business is in Austin and the surrounding area and in Texas, just in general, and 10% is California. So my God, I mean, if I had to do icon in two states, oh boy, that'd be hard. (laughs) It would be, it would be tough, but it would be, um, you know, we'd probably need another assistant or two, but that's Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, that would be incredible. Um, but then my next aspect of it is, you know, how do you give back to EXP world, right? I, my guess would be that maybe you're a mentor, but do you teach to EXP? Are you a coach? Um, do you teach to the university? What do you do? How do you give back culturally? Mentor. Um, mentor. I have two mentors right now in Texas. And then I have somebody that's probably going to pivot to being on my team in California. And mm-hmm. at that point, I'm going to pick him up as a mentor too, just because I think it just it streamlines things like too many hands in the pot. Like if they're on my team, you should definitely be mentoring them. And that's kind of like you get to accomplish two things at once and mm-hmm. welcome them into the EXP world while also like onboarding them into like what you expect, you know? No, absolutely. I agree. I like how you said that, like too many hands in the pot. If you're on the same team and, you know, you should absolutely be their mentor or be part of that process and, um, you know, shaping them into, you know, somebody that you need on your team and, you know, be making sure that you are somebody that can step up and be who they need in times of help. And I like, I love how you put that. It's, it's, it's like something that I like to say about EXP is that EXP allows you to monetize being a leader. And like, those are like what I found with icons. Most of my icons are just like leaders by nature. They're not followers and they, you know, like to invest in the people around them. And I can just tell obviously that you're one of those, which is great. Um, so you know, you're type A and you recognize other type A's. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much that's a lot so, of type A's at Icon. Yeah, that's and like that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, we just hit over 100 episodes and I can tell the people that, you know, there are people too that are icons and they're lone wolves and that's totally fine. But there are people that are like, I icon as fast as possible so that I can pour the rest of my year into my team. And I'm like, oh, that's incredible. Um, you know, yeah. just to take time off of their plate, like, oh, okay, I've sold enough houses. I'm good. Who needs my help? Awesome. I love that. And um, that's really cool. Yeah, super cool. And it's a great idea too. And Louise, you know, I would also like to know, you know, what has been your favorite aspect of iconing, right? Is it the nice trophy that you get? Which house do you keep your trophy at? Is it the trophy in? <laughs> It sounds like I have like four Malibu mansions and you're like, which of your Malibu houses do you keep your trophy at? Like, I don't know where I keep my Oscar at this time. My assistant would know that. Um, (laughs) It's probably in some museum. Yeah, it's probably like, it's probably being part of my museum right now. Um, No, I actually find that trophy to be like hysterical because I've held an Oscar. One of my friends in Australia got an Australian Oscar And I remember being in Australia and holding the Oscar and being like, this is a weapon. 
This is a mm-hmm. literal weapon. You could kill somebody with this. Mm-hmm. And my icon award came in the mail and I showed it to my husband and I was like, this is a weapon. Like this will be <laughs> Yes, if somebody comes into this house, I'm gonna beat them with my icon thing because it is a weapon. It is huge and it's heavy and it's like so. One, I love that. Two, um, I think I've done a lot of really cool things in my career. You know, like not necessarily just real estate related, but like my whole career as an adult. But I don't really have any like accolades to speak of. You know, like either there are local MLS awards or like state awards or all of these different things that technically my boutique brokerage probably should have applied me for them back in the day or something like when I was an accelerating agent at whatever rate. And, mm-hmm. you know, there are those things you can apply for, but I don't ever apply for them. So I was like, yeah, I finally have an accolade. <laughs> so I love yeah. it. No, absolutely. I, it's, uh, you know, that award is, it's more than just a paperweight at the same time, right? So it's like there's your cap is back in that. Speaking of, oh, you only have to cap once. Well, look at that. You can earn your cap back. For sure. And, for sure. you know, there's there's a lot behind that icon award. But the fact that it could physically kill somebody, I guess, is really cool as well. So. Yeah, that thing is heavy. It's a bad, I, bad boy. That you can use it for self-defense is a plus I have not heard of yet. So yes. that's going to the top of the list. And... Yeah, if I don't tell me that that's their favorite part of the award. I am going to just have to accuse them of being bolt faced liars. Okay. <laughs> and and uh, my next question, you know, is let's talk to the rookies that may be listening right now and they see EXP, all the great things about it, you know, but they see this big shiny icon award. They're like super excited, right? Like, oh my God, I can get my cap back. Oh my God, stock. Oh my God, EXP. Little ping pong balls. So, you know, is that something they should even strive for in their first year? Should they focus in on something else? And is there a place, you know, or a situation in which you failed when you were reaching for the icon award that they can possibly avoid? Loaded question. So, yeah. I'm like, I'm first, I'm still thinking of your second one question. Cause I'm like, I remember last year I got icon the year before last. I was like so close to icon. I was super annoyed that I didn't get it, but there wasn't really anything that I could have like, Actually, that's not true. Had I been willing or cognizant, because I do think VAs are a large portion of the equation. Like once you get going and you're doing X amount of business, like I probably did four years without a transactional coordinator, you know, a transaction Mm -hmm. coordinator. While I think that is extremely valuable and I personally have been telling the people on my team, like I do think that like even if you choose yourself to hire a TC, you should be doing like a replica of the thing that they are doing that you asked for. Like if you asked them for an amendment for X, Y, and Z, after they go and send that amendment out, you should be going within your back of house files, pulling that up and doing it yourself because like you need to be like – you almost need to sit down with all of the transactions and I mean, all of the forms and like write them out by hand when you're a new agent so that you can just mm-hmm. like digest what you're looking at and be just very powerful with the information you do and don't have about the transactions and amendments and stuff. Right. Yeah. So by that same token, TCs have a, a portion in it. I, for a long time, while I think it's valuable to do your own forms mm-hmm. was banging my head against like the post contract portion of the process. So once you scale up to a certain degree and you're doing X amount of houses per year, how many hours does it take you to finish the process once you go under contract to close if a portion of that is just disclosures? Like mm-hmm. you're just 
literally replicating a process of like pertinent and relevant information to convey to the client in transactional form and required to get these things signed to knock them off of a list to be able to get your commission disbursement authorization to be able to close the deal with title. So that portion of the process, I had to like let go of it because I have this like maniacal portion of my brain that wants to do everything myself and is very type A. And the minute that I relinquished that over to somebody and acknowledged that somebody else could do something just as well as I could, especially if it's like, you can literally look back to my past transactions and look at the way that it should be filled out. And, or you work for a company that already has that in place and is familiar and, or you can come to me and ask me a question. So I think just Mm -hmm. like having it in your brain that like, you only have so many hours and how can you best spend those hours is like the most powerful thing I've ever learned, you know? And that goes back to the VA. So at the point that I realized that not only do I need my TCs getting me to close on the back end of stuff and working alongside me as my partners, I also need a VA because Mm -hmm. I need someone who can do the things that I'm not good at. I'm not good at website development. I'm not good at CRM management. I'm not good at building marketing funnels. You know, I'm not good at building content and a VA can do all of those things. So really, had I probably offloaded tasks a little bit sooner instead of like, I can think of times where I was this pregnant with one of my kids and my husband was deployed because he was deployed both pregnancies multiple times. And I can remember sitting up at that desk being wildly pregnant up until two o'clock in the morning, just working through back of house files before I realized that I could like suck it up and just pass it off. Right. Because my time is better spent asleep so that my time can work more effectively with my clients tomorrow than it is doing something that somebody can do just the same as me. It's not what makes my business successful. I'm what makes my business successful. And that was a really hard lesson. Yeah. To be able to suck it up and pass that off. It does, um, you know, it takes a toll on you. And it's like, at the same time, like in some ways it's almost a hit to your pride, but in others, you know, it's going to help you grow so much and to learn, like all, all you have to do with these VAs is just be a better leader train them. They're not, you know, they're not dogs. You can't teach them tricks. They're humans. You got to train them and you can train them and work with them and create a culture of your own to be exactly what you need. It's yeah, to build exactly. your own, For sure. which is incredible. You asked two questions. That was the second. What was the first? I asked, you know, like iconing within their first year, is it attainable? What are some mistakes that you made? Um, Okay. So is it attainable? I don't think so. I mean, my God, if I had somebody on my team, like, honestly, if one of my, somebody on my team came to me and said like, Louise, I'm going to hit icon this year. I'd be like, girl, boy, whoever it is. I love your tenacity. (laughs) I love where your head's at. I love this for you. I love the goal. But like, I mean, what? That's a lot of houses. Like, are you, do you have like 17 $5 million purchasers lined up that I'm unaware of. Like, it's just, that's a very large goal for year one. In my honest, like, just blunt opinion. Right. Do you have the bandwidth? Do you have the, everything that would go into that? Absolutely. Well, I mean, like, even if they had the bandwidth, do you have the wheels in motion? You know, Mm -hmm. like, you have that many people, that many transactions lined up that just happen to know you and want to buy in that period or in your sphere of influence that... Mm -hmm trust that you're new to the business and will take the chance on you that you can get to the finish line. Like I'm Mm -hmm. as a team leader, like obviously willing to help them get there once they get there or hold their hand through the whole process. But like, that's a large goal for year one, I think. 
No, absolutely. I agree. Um, you know, and you don't want to set your standards too high for your first year when you're already taking on so much. It's an overwhelming process. Honestly, you probably haven't even written an offer yet because uh, you're not taught that in real estate school, really. So uh, there's yeah. a lot going on. And, you know, to, to be focusing on icon, you may have your um, heart in the right place, but you got to get your mind and um, everything else set to build a good support for you to you know, kind of mindlessly hit icon later in your career. So I agree with that. You know, um, we love the, we love the ambition, but let's, let's yeah. talk to love the ambition. It. Would love for you to hit icon. We'll be blown away if you do it in year one. Would be like right. the floor, literally. Will not, will not doubt you in that aspect. We'll celebrate every bit of that with you if you would get there but you know let's keep it realistic and I don't want you to be disappointed in yourself and give up and uh everything else that could come with that so let's be real and I love that and um for my final question Louise you know were you ever skeptical of EXP or were you like this is the this is the way or the highway man like I'm going EXP I don't think I was ever like skeptical but I wasn't ever like I don't think I fully understood all the different facets that EXP has to offer until I'd already switched to EXP because yeah. I was very like, it was just kind of like a switch flipped. Like my friend brought up EXP plus I was already contemplating the fact that I was just, you know, if I have a not, if I have a cap in California, I don't remember what it was anymore, but if I have a cap in California of 12,000 and a $16,000 cap in Texas, which I think that's what it was, mm -hmm. that's $28,000 a year and I can cap out at 16 with EXP. So to me, I was like, no brainer let's yeah. go. Like, let's do this. And the fact that it was cloud was like a mega bonus for me because I didn't have, you know, multiple office expectations in multiple states and like all of these marks to hit that were unattainable for me. And so it was not really like any skepticism was required. I was like, that's just the obvious answer, you know? Absolutely. No. And like, I guess, you know, for you, it was the obvious, you know, choice to move to EXP. You saw the numbers, you saw the cap, it made sense to you. But for somebody, you know, that's sitting on the ledge, they see the grass is greener on the EXP side, but they hear the negative things in the the industry that's like, oh my gosh, they're a cult, they're a pyramid scheme, don't go over there. What would you have to say to somebody in that position? I mean, some of the best things are kind of culty. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, my husband and I both drive Teslas. I don't say that as right. like, like, oh, we both drive Teslas. Flex, like, right? yeah. I, yeah, it's not like a flex. Like, my husband always wanted a Tesla. I jokingly tell people like he's a pilot, my husband, he would leave me for Elon Musk. He has such a crush on him. Like he doesn't like men, but he'd be like, Oh, Elon, I got, Oh, Louise, I got to go. Like, Honestly, God. I have heard, I have talked more about Elon Musk on my podcast today than I have in my entire life. I don't know why he's so relevant today with you, so real estate, but he's been popular in today's episode. It's culty. <laughs> Tesla people are culty. You're right. You're right. You know what? I told my husband after he got the Model 3, I was like, I will never drive a Tesla. I'm very like, my personality is all or nothing. I'm just like, I will or I won't. And I make these stupid claims that I'll never do something that I end up doing. Like, I'll never own a MacBook Pro, favorite computer on planet Earth. Because I just didn't like Macs. And I'll never own a Tesla. I don't want an electric vehicle. I don't know why my brain thought that. I now drive a Model Y. I will never drive another car but a Tesla. And we are a cult, but not because we think we're better, because we're like, they're amazing. They're amazing. So it's like some of the best things kind of end up being kind of culty because people like it. I mean, like if you like something, you talk about it. And if you like something and you talk about it, then you probably want to tell people you come across to like do it with you. I mean, it just, 
is what it is. But I mean, yeah, we definitely have a rep. Like EXP hard has a rep for being culty. <laughs> hey, that's okay. And ultimately, yeah. you just compared EXP to Tesla, you know, and it's doing well. <laughs> so uh, come be part of the cool kids, guys. Come over to EXP. Join the cult. We want to have you. <laughs> You'll make money. It pays off. Yeah, for sure. It's not like a negative cult. You don't have to kill anybody. But yeah, it's not. We don't ask you to drink Kool Aid, and you're not going to like none of that weird stuff. Just it's not like American Horror Story culty. It's like it's like culture having a good culture culty. Okay, guys, let's get that clear. <laughs> Louise, I think it's been an awesome episode today. Great energy from you and awesome content. Um, as we wrap up, is there anything that you'd like to leave the listeners with? Um, actually, yes, just because I think this is the most pertinent and relevant thing that I've ever learned in my career. And I cannot emphasize it enough. And to the point where I had a transaction that finally closed today, it's been a four month long 1031 mixed with hard money loan. nightmare. Just a really monotonous and never ending transaction. And Mm -hmm. um, the hard money lender was a new to the field type guy. And I told him this morning, he was like, I know this is really hard for you because I got frustrated with him several times, but it wasn't because he wasn't doing something. It was because he wasn't communicating. And I, I told him point blank this morning when we got off the phone, I said, I know you told me you're new to the industry and yada, yada, but like the number one thing that will make you successful in this world, no matter what field you're in is over communicating, over communicate to the point where like, I'm annoyed with you for over communicating because chances are, I'm actually not annoyed with you for over communicating. I'm somehow empowered and emboldened in a new fashion of how to do my job and how to best set expectations back to all the other parties that I'm working with on my side. So like over communicate with everyone. Say it louder for the people in the back, please, Louise. And like under no circumstances, is it ever okay to give a non-response or to not acknowledge that someone's trying to move the ball along? Because at the end of the day, real estate is all about being a team transaction And while I am not a lender and I know enough about lending to be dangerous is what I tell my clients, I'm not a lender and I'm not doing their job, but I will stay in constant communication and I will take the information that they or the title company or the other side of agent give me and set proper expectations with all of my moving pieces. And there is nothing more infuriating in real estate than somebody who doesn't over communicate because your naivety to a situation can be overcompensated with communication as you learn, you redo the communication. As it develops, you redo the communication. And it doesn't matter that you're new because you're constantly over-communicating and showing your value, you know? Absolutely. No, I, I love that. I do agree with the over-communication because it's easier to be like, to look at your phone and be like, like, oh, he just told me he finished a simple step. Like, okay, Bob, like, good job. You know, like to kind of <laughs> laugh and be like, okay, like it's moving along because at least you know where you're at. Compared to be like, oh my God, Bob, you haven't talked to me in two weeks. This is unacceptable. Where are you? Like being frustrated and causing tension in the in the transaction. So I, I totally agree with that. I think that is very sound advice. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for your time today, Louise. It's been an absolute pleasure. Are you going to be at shareholders or EXPCon or both? Uh, possibly EXPCon. Okay. I don't know. It really depends on my husband's deployment schedule. He's in and out and children and work. You know how it goes. Sure. Yeah, no problem. Well, if uh, you find yourself at either of those events, make sure, uh, I'll probably reach out before then, but make sure to get a hold of me so that we can um, get in touch and hang out. Definitely. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.
Icon Podcast is hosted and sponsored by Sphere Rocket Virtual Assistants, a leading provider for your virtual assistants and outsourcing needs. Owned by one of the top-ranking EXP agents, Justin Nelson. Sphere Rocket VA provides a one-stop virtual staffing solution for business owners, and we specialize in helping business owners grow their business by leveraging through virtual assistants. Trusted by the top names in the real estate industry like Kyle Whistle, Andrew Franklin, John Kitchens, and many more. Get ready to up your success and we'll help you achieve your business goals. Book your free consultation at SpearRocketVA.com and find out how we can make your life easier.